Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. As Paul Harvey used to say, good morning, Americans. It's Friday. And you have to be over 40 or 45 to remember that at all. So people are going, who's Paul Harvey? Uh, He was given the Medal of Honor by, I believe it was President George W. Bush. But that's, that's for a different topic. But my dad and I, every morning, well, my mom was getting ready. We'd be sitting at the kitchen table and we'd be listening to Paul Harvey in the 70s. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I do want to bring in today's guest. We can't wait to talk about such an important topic, and that is education and all that's happening from K through 12, also the university system. We have seen some amazing rotten fruit from the decades and decades and decades of indoctrination, and we've been talking about it a lot, but we've got an expert here today to uh, tell us more about what we've been talking about and in detail and much more depth that I have been able to do. Dr. Duke Pesta, he's a speaker, education reformer, university professor, high school teacher, and the administrator of Freedom Project Academy, an online classical school if you're looking to homeschool, fpeusa.org. He's also the host of The Dr. Duke Show, one of America's foremost authorities on the dangers of Common Core. He's spoken all over the country on that. Remember that debacle that uh, got into our schools 10 years ago or more? And he's delivered more than 700 talks in 46 states. And uh, today, we welcome him back to Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Dr. Duke, welcome, brother. Hey, all I remember is Paul Harvey, good day. Good day. Yeah, yep, that's exactly. And if he, he ought to go up on the end, he would good day. <laughs> so, Dr. Duke, uh, let's talk about Freedom Project Media first. Uh, I'm uh, one of your colleagues. I'm proud to say that you... You uh, allow me to work there once a week. Um, it's and There's a new app there, F Freedom Project Media app. Tell us about how people can get more information and download that app. Well, yeah, if you like uh, really good conservative Christian commentary, uh, and if you like Dave Fiorazzo, or I'm sure you, you do or you wouldn't be listening, he's got a show for uh, with us called uh, Christ and Culture. It's a wonderful show. Uh, and so we produce at Freedom Project Academy, just, uh, just a little bit south of where uh, Q90's housed, we, cre- we, we have a studio, and we put out 18 different separate shows every single week. It's really good con- uh, uh, content, and it's absolutely free, absolutely free. Uh, I have a five-day-a-week program called The Dr. Duke Show, and we focus on education issues. We, we report on everything from preschool all the way from grad to graduate school, and we give you a real insight. There's, no, there's really no show like it anywhere in the country. We give we delve deep into what's going on with education, which is such a critical important critically important subject. Uh, so all you have to do is go to any place where you can download apps all over the place. The app is downloadable free. Just look for the Freedom Project app, and uh, once you download it and you allow us to send you hit notice hit notify, we can send you 18 free programs every single week, or you can pick the ones you want. And I certainly would imagine you'd like, you would love to hear more from Dave Fiorazzo and Christ and Culture and. Uh, so it's, it's a win-win across the board. Thank you, Dr. Duke. And freedomprojectmedia.com. That's free, actually, it's just freedomproject.com. Before we get into the topics today on education, 
you were blessed to be able to interview on the Dr. Duke show uh, Jim Jordan. Um, he was discussing the failing schools, but also there's this uh, trigger alert for some of our political friends out there, discusses uh, Trump running again for president. Tell us about that conversation. Can you give us some of the uh, bullet points, some takeaways from that with uh, Representative Jim Jordan? Well, we were very excited to have Jim Jordan from Ohio, one of the uh, most important congressmen and a leader among the conservative caucus. He was here in Appleton. We had him in the studio. Uh, he was being hosted by Mike Gallagher, who's a, a wonderful representative from this area as well uh, in Congress. And so uh, it was a great time. We had a good turnout. And in interviewing Mr. Jordan, uh, we found out some interesting things. He's, a, he's absolutely opposed to critical race theory. He's certainly uh, helping to fight the push against the indoctrination of our children. And I didn't get any tidbits about who he thought was going to run, uh, how that was going to shake out. <laughs> but it was certainly an honor to have him in studio here at Freedom Project. What a blessing. And you can get that episode at freedomproject.com, one of the most recent ones of the Dr. Duke Show. So let's jump into some of these articles and some of the things that we need to share today. Um, th there's one article over at the College Fix that I just came across yesterday. And this is... The overwhelming majority of college students say that shouting down a speaker is acceptable. Now, this is no surprise to you. I mean, this goes back to our, the stories of Berkeley and people like uh, Ben Shapiro and Charlie Kirk and others trying to speak out there. And there's this intolerance that's been going on for decades at the university level of the conservative viewpoint. So this says, Dr. Duke, 66% uh, of college students think Shouting down a speaker they disagree with is acceptable to stop their talk. And another 23% believe violence can be used to cancel a speech. Now, this is a survey that just came out. Uh, your reaction and your uh, the background that you can uh, provide to this. Yeah, I'm not the least bit surprised. Uh, first of all, when you look at the degree to which universities invite speakers, and certainly commencement speakers, it is overwhelmingly leftist. I mean, I can't remember the last time a, 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 a commencement speaker at a graduation was too liberal. Uh, the more liberal, the better. The more anarchist, the better. Yep. They have unreformed terrorists like Angela Davis, uh, weather underground creeps like Bill Ayers. You, I mean, you can't get too anti-American extreme to be a lefty and you get to speak, but Moderate conservatives who've been invited are immediately disinvited. Mm. And this is really, uh, uh, shockingly, I, I think it's, it's, an, it's illegal. Uh, you've got most of these are public universities. Mm -hmm. They're using uh, our resources and a lot of taxpayer money to bring and pay huge numbers of huge, huge, huge money to these speakers. And there is absolutely no diversity, uh, no intellectual diversity at all in most of these schools. So uh, when, with, with the universities, the, the, the kids, the students like to think that they're rebels. These, these uh, American college kids like to think they're rebels. They show up on campus. They all get the same tattoo in the same stupid place, right? <laughs> Either the ankle or on their back. They immediately they dye their hair blue or green. They join the <laughs> same leftist organization. Their worldview immediately conforms directly to the liberal uh, worldview of their professors. Mm -hmm. They vote the way their professors vote. They think the way their professors think. And they absolutely have the cluelessness to believe that they're actually nonconformists, right? <laughs> As I've said many times, the only way to be a nonconformist on a college campus is to be a Christian conservative. So That's right. these kids think they're these kids think they're some you know incredibly broad, woke social justice warriors that the this is the new age of Aquarius and the little child shall lead them. But it's the most conformist childish thing you've ever seen. 
And, and so this, it's a long way of saying that these kids behave this way because that's what's modeled for them exclusively in their universities. Mm-hmm. Don't blame them. That's all they've ever heard. And with the advent of critical race theory and common core in the public high schools and middle schools and even elementary schools, now the public school system is modeling that system for them, a system of uni, a uniform, one-sided, monolithic left-wing ideology, a rabid attack without any substance on any ideology, any aspect of our history or of our faith or of our culture that doesn't conform to their new socialist agenda. Uh, they destroy it. They mock it. They uh, get kids to believe that it's somehow uh, a, a, an American or a Western culture problem, as if things like slavery and colonialism didn't exist any in the, any place else in the world. That's right. And so what used to be a college problem, unfortunately, Dave, and we've talked about this many times on your show over the last five years, ten years, this is actually now a public school system problem starting in kindergarten and carrying you all the way through college. That's right. I agree. And um, th- there's so much going on that parents today still – now, this is what's shocking probably to you and Katie and – and Freedom Project Academy and myself and the listeners of the, to this podcast, we are still surprised that so many parents are not aware of the depth of this godless worldview and its teachings, the indoctrination from K through 12 all the way through the universities. Of course, it started a hundred years ago, as you've pointed out many, many times with John Dewey and, and, uh, the, in the public schools, 1930s and, and all that happened. And we've talked about that on this podcast before, a little history of the public school uh, system. And so I don't understand, Duke, and please help me because you've been in touch with a lot more parents than I have, how so many of them still aren't aware of the dangers of this indoctrination. Well, I mean, I know you're talking specifically about our Christian audience, and I think that um, uh, Christianity, unfortunately, in America has been so shamed, I mean, so attacked, so marginalized. Uh, I mean, think about it. The only Christianity that makes positive news, the only Christian worldview, the only Christian uh, uh, behavior that ever makes news, front page news, is when Christian. And it is only when Christians are, or as just happened in the Lutheran Church, when they're uh, ordaining transgender bishops, yep. or they're or uh, radical Catholic <laughs> priests who support abortion. That's uh, they love. Or how about this? A socialist pope pretending to be a Christian, whenever he pops his <laughs> mouth out about social justice, that's the right kind of Christianity. Well, Christianity is you and I, and I'm sure almost all of your listeners, if not all of your listeners, understand it. That Christianity has been shamed. It has been um, uh, isolated. It has been attacked. It has been singled out. So honestly, I think what we have here, and it's, there's no other way to phrase this, Christians are not sticking their head up out of the ground. Christians are going underground. Actual conservative Christians are afraid. Uh, we're we're reach, reaching very quickly a new uh, reign of Nero, if you will, mm-hmm. to be a public Orthodox Christianity is going to set you up for the figure of being fed to the figurative, figurative lions there. You're going to get canceled. You're going to get called a bigot. You're going to get called a white supremacist. Uh, Christian nationalism is the left's new term, right? So literally what the left is, how, how the left, and this when I say the left, this is big tech. This is our, your, your current American government at the highest levels. This is Hollywood. This is academia. This is the teachers' unions. This is the public schools. This is your journalists who now who believe that straight, down-the-middle, orthodox Christian theology and Christian life is a form of white supremacist neo-Nazism. That's how they are they're encasing it. 
And that's, those are huge institutions, and, and those institutions have the full attention of our kids. The church, our ministers, where are they? Uh, Christian leaders, uh, they, not only do they have no influence with our children, they're nowhere to be found. They are AWOL. Thank you, Dr. Duke, for one of the truth bombs that we are going to share. That's a good soundbite, what you just explained. Um, and I, I like the way you put it as well. Uh, we've got to wake up. Um, fortunately, in America, we've been kind of the anomaly in the world, but p- persecution is coming. They're already starting with, with the uh, l- changing the language and, as you said, discriminating against Christians and calling it acceptable. There's a very dangerous accepted double standard that we see from the media to big tech to our government, and it's very concerning, and I think more people are starting to wake up. But let's get back to one of the... Uh, articles that we wanted to talk about today. We d- just got done explaining how the majority of college students say shouting down a speaker on a college campus is acceptable, and even uh, 23% say violence can be used. Well, let's talk about the Constitution briefly. I know you guys covered this as well. You did a uh, uh, Dr. Duke show on Wednesday. Students say the Constitution should be abolished for very silly reasons. And a couple days ago, Duke, we did uh, covered an article about the Constitution being labeled by the National Archives and Record Administration with a warning. There's a warning label placed on the National Archives, on the Constitution, because people might be triggered by it. Now, I'm sure you Not can... only that. Go ahead. Not only that. They, what they're saying about the Constitution... You go to the museums of this country, you go to the halls of government where are enshrined literally enshrined in the, in the spiritual and uh, uh, religious sense of the word enshrinement, uh, at the core for, for 250 years, enshrined at the center of our capital in Washington has been these documents, these documents that have led to greater freedom, greater opportunity, greater wealth, greater liberty than any other country in the history of the world. Those now documents have, are being uh, affixed to trigger warning mm-hmm. that if you read these documents, if you, in, in, in the halls of, Power in America. We're now telling all the visitors that these documents are racist documents. They are bigoted documents. They are violent documents. That they, they we've already there was there was a rotunda, very traditional Western or, uh, or, uh, culture uh, architecture. We had a rotunda. We had had a uh, a display of these things in a very nice museum quality way. And the recommendation from liberal groups, which is being heated, is to remove those documents from those West. Even the architecture, we're being told, is Western culture and therefore threatening, threatening to minorities, to, mm. to immigrants, to illegal immigrants. My goodness. So our, our, our entire founding documents now have been painted as toxic. And we, you've been told, read them at your peril. Mm. I just watched that segment you did, the show. I wasn't shocked or surprised by the response of the students at the University of Florida, but I was really disappointed because most parents might not recognize that this is across the country. This is not just a, a select university here or one school there. There, you, In the description, it says the University of Florida, where the future leaders of America say the U.S. Constitution must be rewritten because of its because it lacks pronoun usage, inclusivity, and woke principles. Um, it's even more than that. Yes, Dave. I mean, if you watch that short video and you can you can view, just view the Doctor Duke show. I, I'm sure you guys are going to be able to put up a link on your site for this. Yep. Uh, but um, 
what ha- what happened is you, they interviewed uh, dozens of kids, uh, and and when they talked, this was Constitution Day a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and so these kids were saying things like it was written by white supremacists that has no ra- reality for today, and they also were some of these kids were also uh, pointing out that things like you know. Uh, we, we're not welcome in this country that, uh, uh, kids, these young college kids were saying they'd rather live anywhere else. Uh, so that it really is a, uh, it's a pandemic, it's a real pandemic. It's a, it's, it's countrywide. It's nation, state to state, across the sea to shining sea. We've got this problem. And, and the really, as bad as it feels, go back, you know, go back 20 years and, and 30 years, 50 years, all the way back to the 60s and before that. We gave kids a relatively decent, a relatively decent education in public school, and but it was largely apolitical for a long time. Or I mean, everybody knew that public schools were kind of moving kids left, but it mm-hmm. wasn't too extreme. Right. All of a sudden, and, and but then you sent your kids to college, and they went to the big state colleges for the last fifty years, and they came back radicalized. Right. Yeah. It took the universities to send the kids back after a semester or two, and then they were lecturing you about your bourgeois life and your uh, your capitalistic. Uh, fallow crassy that uh, fallow crassy that we live in, uh, but uh, that was the college. And, it, and when kids were seventeen, eighteen years old, it wasn't the end of the world because at that age they had at least sixteen, seventeen years of Christianity. They had uh, they had patriotism, some uh, exposure to patriotism, so they had a fighting chance. At eighteen, kids were old enough to make up their own minds. But that same method now that the the, the colleges have been using for fifty years is now the method of the public school which means your kids are getting that same kind of full-court liberalism press, anti-Americanism, anti-Western culture, anti-Christianity, but they're starting at ages five and six and seven. Those children are too young to know better, and so they are swallowing it. This is the complete ideology, that that kids as young as six and seven and eight years old now are questioning their gender, Mm. that children as young as seven and eight now despise their country. Mm. They don't like the... Uh, they believe that slavery is a uniquely American problem. Mm. Uh, so this is a what, what used to be a real problem for young adults now is cl- straight-on indoctrination of little kids, and that does not spell a happy ending for the American experiment in Republican government. No, it doesn't, uh, if you can keep it, right? We have not uh, worked to preserve our well, re- republic, our constitutional hey, republic. Yeah. You know what, you know what the, the Founding father said? As long as we remain a moral and an educated people. Mm-hmm. Well, we abandoned morality quite a while ago, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. uh, with uh, rampant transgender nonsense and uh, abortion on demand through nine months, the morality went first, and with the morality followed the education, right? And now our kids are getting that same amoral, anti-Christian value education. So on um, two strikes, right? As long as you are a, a, a educated and a moral, a moral American citizenry we will keep the republic and those both of those things are long gone Mm -hmm. yes they are we've got less than a minute here so i'm not going to open up another uh article or get into a new topic but we are yeah let's take a a little bit of early and break with dr duke pesta freedom project academy the dr duke show you can check out freedom project media at freedomproject.com when we come back we're going to talk about how public school students are being abused by critical race theory And this is from a former university professor that says that, plus a couple other articles and episodes of The Dr. Duke Show we have to tell you about coming up next. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Dr. Duke Pesta. You've got to check out The Dr. Duke Show, Freedom Project 
dot com. You will not be disappointed and you may be triggered um, if you're not uh, somewhat informed and up to date. Let's get into the next article. And this is uh, over at Fox News, but Harbinger's Daily put this out on their website. I just found it uh, this morning. Uh, public school students are being abused by critical race theory. And uh, a former university professor, Dr. Carol Swain, says this, as we've been talking about, and I'm sure Duke and Katie have on the Dr. Duke show, how uh, CRT has infiltrated America's public school system, Some, in some cases really giving parents no options other than to replace uh, or their kids, re-place their kids in private institutions or online uh, curriculum. And, and this is what Carol Swain is thanking parents for doing. She says, quote, whether we have children or not in the public schools, we need to stand up and fight for the tr- children who are trapped and left behind because of this curriculum, being abused by this curriculum. And she also says, I'm proud of American parents who are pulling their children from public schools. Parents are just now learning about something that has been going on for a long time, end quote. Dr. Duke Pesta, your thoughts. Well, I know Carol, and I have had the privilege of speaking with her uh, on a number of occasions. She is an African-American who herself experienced a lot of grief at a number of different universities because as an African-American, she rejected all of this racial critical theory. In fact, she left academia in part because she just got sick and tired of uh, fighting as an African-American this critical race theory. So Carol really does know what she's talking about here. And then she's alluding to something that's important. Unlike Common Core, which, you know, for 10 years we fought, and we never could get a lot of people interested, you know. It was mostly grandmas and grandpas, yeah. and it was uh, the occasional soccer mom. But with critical race theory, across the country we've been seeing huge rebellions at school boards. Good. And the, 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 the pushback is coming from people of all races. There are many African Americans who are out there screaming at these schools alongside whites and Asian families and Hispanic families. And the reason is, is that the, the premise of modern public schooling under critical race theory, the premise is that the only way to make everybody equal, or you, in, in other words, the only way to for, enforce equity is to lower all standards, to kneecap uh, high-level education, to literally dumb everybody down to the same low standard. Hmm. That's what the public schools consider racial justice. Don't try to lift kids up. Don't try to raise struggling inner-city minority schools. If you can't find a way to elevate all inner-city minority kids, then what you got to do is you got to hold down the rest of the country. Mm. Make sure the schools that all the other kids in are no better. And that's what they call equal equity, certainly not equality. So, uh, And African-American families, people like Karen, Carol Flynn, they figured out destroying, quote-unquote, white education, destroying the education that gifted kids and honor school kids get, destroying the education of high-achieving Asian kids when it comes to math and science, that's not helping African-American kids one whit. It does not make them more literate. It does not give them an education. So a lot of, again, minority families, and particularly black families, are saying, destroying the school system does not make us any better. So I think it's a much more, it's a much broader protest. Problem is, though, guys, i got to tell you, for all of that, there's not really much you can do. Mm. The system is completely closed off. That's right. You've got the Department of Education, the Secretary of Education under uh, Joe Biden, a fellow by the name of Cardona, 
basically said when he was running for the job in his Senate hearing, he basically said, my focus is not going to be education. It's going to be social justice. That's right. I don't think a, I don't think a single Republican senator voted against him. Oh, no. He basically said the purpose of my office is uh, politically correct social justice theory. Then you've got Joe Biden, who's already who's, who's already taking critical race theory and forcing federal employees to be trained in it. And our military academies are you think, think about this. We have young cadets and soldiers who have signed up, signed up. And when they sign up, they take an oath to defend the Constitution of the uh, United, States, uh, United States against all foreign and domestic enemies. Now they're being taught directly in their academies, their military academies, that the Constitution is a racist, sexist document that's not worth defending. Yep. This is where we are. So you're going to get no help from the federal government. You think the teachers unions? Nope, they're 100% behind this. The superintendents, the state education people, they're all behind the push for CRT. In fact, there's no way you can get, no, there's no foothold inside the system for us to affect any real change. So we can come scream and yell all we want. And if you've been paying attention to these, these, um, board of, these school board meetings, yes, mom get up. They read horrible things. They read out this, these sexualized books that children are reading all about homosexual sex and gang rape, all these pornographic passages, and the school board just sits there, and then when the, the 90 seconds or the two minutes are up, sit down, sit down, time's up. All these protesting parents have yet to get almost a single answer from any of these schools, because quite frankly, they don't care. They're not worried about what you think. They, they do not care anymore what parents think. And uh, there's nothing inside the school system, there's not a single entity that's actually fighting for your kids. So the only real safe place now is to get out of those schools. Hmm. Wow, there's so much we could talk about there where parents have been pushing back and yet their voices fall on deaf ears when it comes to some, I would say most of these school boards. There might be a few that are receptive to the concerns of parents. And um, it's sad, though, then it change takes so long if they're to reverse a decision or do something about the curriculum, because it's been instilled. It is, it's been already in the system. Like, for example, Duke, even up in the last year, we've heard some say, oh, critical race theory is not in the public schools. It might be in the universities, might, but it's not in the public schools, or at least not in my kids' school. How naive, or I don't even know, is that ignorance? How do you explain that? Well, it's a lie. It is, it's not ignorance. It's naivete. They, they, they just deny it. Just, but, but you remember, how many times did you and, I, you and I talk about this on when we talked about Common Core on your show? Back yeah. when uh, uh, Mike LeMay was with you, uh, we, we pointed out that moms and dads would go to the school boards and they'd say, we don't do Common Core. Then you'd go and look at the textbooks that were being used and they said, <laughs> open up to the first page, and they said, this curriculum is aligned with the Common Core. Right. So it wasn't Common Core. It was aligned with Common Core, and that's how they were able to tell you that lie. Here's, thing, here's what I tell parents across the country. You want to know if your school is using critical race theory. They're never going to tell you. The ones that are using it, they're not going to admit it. Yeah. So here you ask them three questions. Here they are. Number one, ask your school board. Ask your teacher. Ask your superintendent, your principal. Ask them these questions. Number one, do you teach about equality or do you teach about equity? And if they're going to, they're going to tell you, they will answer that honestly. They will tell you equity. That's critical race theory. The second question, ask them, do you believe simply the color of one's skin makes you either privileged or a victim? 
Do you, do you believe that simply by being white, you have privilege? That's number two. They'll tell you absolutely yes. That's critical race theory. And number three, you ask them, do you believe that targeting students on the basis of their race, segregating them for the purpose of teaching racial issues, do you believe that's acceptable? They'll tell you yes. They'll answer those three questions yes, or they'll, or they'll dance around them in ways that you know they're not, that they're hiding it. So those, you have to do anything else. If they, if they agree to any one of those three things that they, we do this, they're doing critical race theory. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Duke Pesta, Freedom Project Media, and the Dr. Duke Show, we'll have the links in today's podcast post at standupforthetruth.com. Earlier, Dr. Duke, you mentioned the social justice bent in the U.S. Department of Education and the Biden administration, um, which really kind of flows nicely into a new uh, article and another topic about social justice. But in the at the University of Michigan, this is over at the College Fix, new racial justice center at U of M to teach students how to become activists. Basically, this, quote, Center for Racial Justice plans to teach students how to engage in activism. And I'll get your response after I read what is actually on the website. It pledges to, quote, uncover the voices of the unjustly silenced and offer sound policy prescriptions for a more equitable and just society through speaking engagements, classes for students, and funding for research and other initiatives. We could spend a whole podcast on that, but Duke, your response? It, that, this is how far down the rabbit hole we are, and this is why we, we are making no progress to fight back against them. They're not even hiding their discrimination anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're telling you, what the University of Michigan just told you, we've invested a ton of money from the state and from taxpayers to create a program that is, is, is completely dedicated to one kind of political activism, to actually train American college kids to become monolithic thinking progressive activists. They don't care what you think about that. This is the same university, though, Michigan, and Michigan universities like it across the country, who've been offering segregated graduation programs for kids where African-American kids get their own graduation, Native American kids get their own, gay LGBTQ QT people. So already these universities, despite the 1964 Civil Rights Amendment, which is still the last time I checked, the law of the land. <laughs> Universities are segregating kids on the basis of race. They've been doing it for five years. Not, nothing happens to them. Now they're, they're actually spending taxpayer money to create programs whose only job is to turn out left-wing activists and everybody yawns. Not a word. Hmm. Moms and dads keep sending their kids to the University of Michigan. Hail to the victors indeed. Hmm. Uh, Duke, there's another article, or not an article, there's a Dr. Duke uh, show that you guys did. Um, uh, where is it? I, I just had it in front of me. Here it is. Antifa teacher admits to manipulating students to be radicals in a sting video. Tell us about that. This is a teacher by the name of, his last name is Gipe, or Gipe, G-I-P-E. He has been fired because of this. Uh, this is in a California school district. He is a, 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 a active member of Antifa. He considers himself a, co- a communist operator for 10 years. The, 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 the tragedy is, is that not that we found out and fired him now, that for 10 years 
he did this and no one said a word. In his, in his classroom, he had pictures of Mao Zedong, the, the greatest killer in human history on his walls. He had Antifa, Antifa flags and pennants. He brags on, this is a, one of James O'Keefe's stings for Project Veritas. What happened was a bunch of parents called Michael O'Keefe and said, we've got this disaster in our classroom. The public schools didn't do anything. The school board didn't do anything. O'Keefe was, was intrigued, and he, they did an undercover string. Sat down with this guy at lunch. He, he unloaded. He said uh, he has all this Antifa memorabilia in his office, in his, his classroom. And at one point, a middle school, I think it was a, a late middle school student, came up to him and said, I, I'm, I'm offended. I'm, I'm uncomfortable by your Antifa flag. At which point this uh, teacher said, and I said to that little kid, well, what do you want me to do? Antifa is anti-fascist. If you don't want to, if you, if you are uncomfortable, it's probably because you're a fascist. So stop being a fascist, right? <laughs> if you're uncomfortable, it means you think what fascists think. Fascists think. So stop being a fascist, basically, he said to this little kid. He, he, he vows. First thing he said in this interview was this teacher. He said, when every, every school year that starts, I have 180 days to turn these kids into revolutionary. Wow. Wow. This brings back something that I just remembered from last year, Duke. They did, they, I don't remember if it was the College Fix, I don't remember if it was a, a conservative organization, I'm sure it was, or just someone like Pew or Gallup did a poll on um, young people, I think it was under 40 if I remember, and 58% of them said it was justified to loot, vandalize, or you know, use violence to make their point about racial injustice when we were seeing cities burning, statues were being pulled down. And I remember you, you like to say they're attacking unarmed statues. Um, but here's the thing. You remember this. A lot of the people that were arrested and charged with felonies were public school teachers or university professors. Tell us about that because that plays right into this. Well, it does. And I'll bet you that was a couple of years ago or a while ago. I'll bet you if you took that same poll now, it would be much higher than 58 percent, hmm. the number of school of, of college kids who would who would justify violence in, in Black Lives Matter type protests. I think yep. it would be much higher than that now. Yep. And it goes back to what we said earlier. I mean, um, when you've got university kids, like 63 percent of them think that they, they have a moral and a legal uh, um, um, uh, mandate to scream down anybody who says things that they don't like. You've already entered the territory of fascism. Mm -hmm. And when you get to 23 or more percent who say that it's perfectly acceptable to use violence against people to say things you don't like, that fascism is no longer a concealed fascism. It is a, a much later stage of fascism, fascism among these kids. They've already graduated, as Antifa certainly has, to the idea that you either think the way we think or you can be beaten you can be murdered and maimed. Your property can be burnt to the ground. We have the right to censor your speech. We have the right to strip away your First Amendment rights of all of them, basically. Mm. And there's nothing you can do about that. that and, the, and the irony, they're so politicized and yet so badly educated from the time they were five years old all the way through college that they can't even realize that in fighting fascism, they have become fascists. Exactly. That the things that fascists do, censorship, violence, threats, uh, blackmail against people who don't agree, that's exactly what they do 
as and they did they they have the arrogance to call themselves anti-fascist when what they should call themselves is frontline fascist. Yeah, it's amazing how you're right. They're they're not re- even trying to hide their radicalism anymore. They're they're not, which is really kind of disturbing, not surprising because of the decades and decades of this kind of um, subtle indoctrination throughout the school system. We've got Dr. Duke Pesta on the line and uh, Freedom Project Academy and Freedom Project Media and the Dr. Duke Show. It is so ironic, but Duke, there's some cognitive dissonance, I think, with these young people because they can't even see the contradiction. We've got about a minute and a half left. Would you like to respond to that idea of their cognitive dissonance? I kind of disagree. Cognitive dissonance means that there's something going on cognitively to begin with. Okay. (laughs) This is is brain-dead, flat EKG conformity to really dangerous ideas. Oh, my goodness. I love that. <laughs> I like that spin that you just put on there. So uh, when we come back, we've got to take another break here. But uh, we're going to talk about a teacher's union president who brags that the COVID shutdown taught kids about the insurrection and coup. We are going to go there, even if we have to go back to January 6th. Next on Stand Up For The Truth with Dr. Duke Pesta. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're with Dr. Duke Pesta here on Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Thank you guys so much for staying with us. He just let us uh, in on something that was brilliant to me. But let me first set this up again if you missed it, if you just tuned in. Cognitive dissonance. Is, uh, it's really why people get upset when their beliefs are challenged. There's a mental conflict that occurs when beliefs are contradicted by new information. And, uh, I, I just want to ask you about the, this idea of, uh, kids contradicting themselves in, internally when they're, they're struggling to, to, uh, to follow through with what they believe, but then they're doing the very same thing they're accusing others of. I, I know I didn't set that up very well, but Duke, um, just, just please share with us what you just shared about. I said they had cognitive dissonance when they're doing some of these things, and you said what? Yeah, I, I respectfully disagree that there's cognitive dissonance, dissonance here. Cognitive means that there's actually brain function, that there's actual critical thinking. This is flat out brain dead EKG flattening conformity. There's no cognitive anything going on with these kids. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for clarifying. I thought that was great. Um, and it's just sad because what you're indirectly saying is what you've been preaching for for years and years and years, and that kids, young people are not taught to think critically anymore. They are taught what to think. They are being programmed rather than given the tools to be able to be critical thinkers. Is that not right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, and this is a an entire generation of American school children, many of them Christian, and not far more, uh, many others Jewish or Islamic believers in a, in a, a just God. Um, these kids are being taken. They're being secularized. Their religion is being uh, undercut at every turn. Their faith in their country is being uh, completely eroded, turned into hostility by lying and selectively dishonest history. They're not being told the full truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being... Uh, to, taught to believe that their parents are the biggest threats in their lives, that is their parents who stop them from explore, exploring sexuality at 
seven and eight, nine and ten years old. It's their parents that are forbidding them to explore their transgender natures. That it's their parents who are the ones that are backward and uh, dangerous to this country. This is what's happening, and we're paying them richly, uh, almost as more than anything, more than almost anything else we do as a federal government. We dump money in our own taxpayers' money into these schools, into these teachers' unions, and they are taking our kids, divorcing them from us, our faith, our family, mm. our country. And every year they get raises. Every year our kids read less, do math less. They're less capable. They're less literate. For graduating kids with almost no real world skills at all in terms of literacy, every year they get a raise. There are no consequences. There's no accountability. Our kids get more and more angry, more and more vi- more and more prone to violence, more and more willing to shout down or to even push down mm. people they disagree with. You read those statistics, and and all and, and all of that for what? What role do we have as families anymore? What 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 say do we have in this? Well, there's only one thing you can do, one and only, that you that you still have an absolute right to do. You're not going to change their minds. What you can do is just you exercise your right and your freedom to alternatively educate them. Mm. This is on us, not them. Yes. They did what they did. They took a public system of education, and they turned it into a left-wing government system of education. It is not public <clears throat> schools anymore. They are government schools. And so you decide what you do. You send your kids to Nero for their education or you educate themselves yourself or find somebody qualified who has your values and your faith to do it. But the one thing you cannot do is leave those kids in the Colosseum, right? Mm. The figurative Colosseum where your um, Christian and patriotic kids are being fed to the metaphorical lion. Wow. It's so true. And um, boy, we, we've, we've really got to wake up and, and start getting more kids into homeschooling, into online schooling, into private or Christian uh, schooling environments where, um, boy, and, and they'll tell a difference too. And what I hear from a lot of places, like whether it's Freedom Project Academy or local Christian schools is, or academies, you know, other uh, institutions, once they get out of the public schools is they have to catch up to be at the level of a homeschooling curriculum or a uh, academy or a Christian school. Would you like to comment on that? Uh, I, I, I faded out just for a second at the end. Oh, what was the specific question? Sure. Well, basically what I've heard from a lot of parents is that their kids, when they pulled them out of the public schools and put them into a online or a homeschooling or a private or Christian academy, they had a lot of catching up to do as far as their education. Well, there's two things going on. One, I hear from parents all the time that when they do put their kids in a real school, their kids are at least two years behind. That's true at Freedom Project, our academy. We get kids from the public schools. They are routinely two to three years behind. And this is already by the time they're third grade. By the time they're in third grade, their skills are no better than kindergarten skills. So there's that. And then the other side of that, flip side of that coin, there are a lot of parents who have pulled their kids out of public schools put them in what they thought were Christian organizations, uh-huh. Christian schools, only to find out that those so-called Christian schools were teaching critical race theory. We're doing all the things that the public schools were doing. That's the other side of this coin. Mm. So the curriculum is so important to be up to speed on, because uh, some of these private or Christian organizations, 
if they take any federal money, right, then they, they kind of have – there's some strings attached. But uh, Well, yes, it, taking federal money, taking being in the good graces with the state uh, public school system, yep, uh, these Christians, like it, just like they've done in the pulpit, just like your Christian churches are big on Starbucks, big on guitar masses or services, <laughs> and real big on social justice, so too your Christian schools are real big on white privilege and all that other garbage that's being taught in the public school. Mm. Uh, a little bit ago, Dr. Duke Pesta, you mentioned uh, dishonest history uh, being taught in some schools, in many schools, and uh, I'm wondering what they're going to teach down the road about what happened on January 6th, 2021, the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and that goes in nicely with episode 549 of the Dr. Duke Show, where a teacher's union President brags that the COVID shutdown taught kids about the insurrection and coup. Could you please uh, give us some details about that? Yeah, this is shocking. Now, keep in mind, this is a, a teacher's union leader in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles is one of the most dysfunctional public school systems in the country. We did a show a couple of weeks, about a year and a half, two years ago now, that showed that about 80%, 80% of young black boys, boys graduating from high school were functionally illiterate in L.A. County. So mm-hmm. 80% of young black men who graduated from high school were functionally illiterate. And so this superintendent, this uh, union woman boss, she came out and said, all that time missed by COVID, all that education lost, she said, it's no big deal. So what, she says, if our babies don't know their multiplication tables? Who cares? They know what a resurrection is. Uh, excuse me, they know what an insurrection is. They know what... Uh, happened on July 6th. They know the word coup. We've taught them politics. We've taught them to hate the right people. That's all that matters in education. Mm. And for those who might be thinking, maybe we have some newer listeners that are maybe shocked to hear you say such things. Uh, Dr. Duke, going back to the uh, Jimmy Carter administration, uh, when isn't that when the uh, Department of Education got started in Carter's administration, or is, is that my yeah, mistake? Jimmy Carter, uh, peanut farmer galore, yep. gave us that in 1979. And you know what? What does it tell you that people are looking longingly, longingly back to the Carter administration? <laughs> ah, those long. Well, you remember when we had gas lines all around the block? That's right. And, hey, at least you know your kid wasn't being turned into an antifa thug. Oh, for the days of the peanut farmer and Billy Beer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> the one thing that um, Joe Biden is doing is not just improving the uh, the historical assessment of Donald Trump's presidency by comparison. People are already saying, okay, Jimmy Carter, welcome, ab- welcome to a slight rise in popularity. Make room <laughs> for a worse president even than you. That's right. Um, now, I, in my first book 10 years ago, Eradicate, Blotting Out God in America, I did a lot about the education system, and, and I know the stats have changed. You can bring us up to speed on this, but at that time, over 80% of teachers were donating to a Democrat uh, politicians, and unions were almost exclusively giving only to uh, Democrats when it comes to uh, politics, politics and elections. In fact, every presidential election... The unions supported and endorsed a Democrat since the Carter administration. Duke, uh, can you bring us up to speed on any current stats? Those those numbers are significantly higher. I mean, the the the, the great um, uh, university joke is is that universities are places 
that value. Every administrator will say it. Every chancellor, every dean will say when when somebody brings them evidence of, of bias. They, they, they all say it exactly. It's a mantra. It's like a zombified mantra. It's almost like pressing a button and hitting a recording. And they'll tell you, we that first thing. At this total and such university, we value diversity of thought and opinion, ah. right? And then, of course, they say nothing, right? If, if, it's an out, if it's an outrageous example of left-wing bias, they'll say, uh, we, while we don't always agree with our professors, they have every right, blah, blah, blah. Now, if somebody complains that somebody uses a racial slur or some right-wing thing happens on campus, we, in the strongest terms, condone, condone this behavior. We will immediately act to remove these, uh, these people from campus. So whenever there's a right-wing problem, banning, expelling, no tolerance. Whenever it's the left getting a little too violent and frisky, well, that's their free, this free speech, right? We, we, who are we to interview, to intervene with free expression? So that's the great lie of the university. Uh, Duke, we only have three minutes left, and I want to get a little bit of insight on one of these episodes you did on the Dr. Duke show called Parents Shock School Board with Inappropriate Books Recommended for 11-Year-Olds. Can you tell us a little bit about that? This is unbelievable. So, you know, you've got these school boards whose job it is, they're really the school board, their job it is to police the public school administrators. It's amazing how many school boards are just uh, lackeys for the superintendents. The superintendent says, do this. The school board just rubber stamps it. Mm-hmm. Really, it's the purpose of these, these school boards to be watchdogs. And so it's amazing how many moms across the country have brought books that their kids were reading in class in, as, as early as elementary school or, to, or went to the, pub, the school, public school library, the library in the school where the kids got to read books and pull out these books. They're reading these books, and they're shocking. They're, uh, there's a new one in the news just yesterday that, that I, we haven't even talked about yet. A mom, I believe it was in Texas, goes to her school board and starts reading a graphic account of the physical and anatomical realities of gay sex. And she went on, and the, the whole school board started shouting her down, you can't say that, you can't say that, this is outrageous. At which point she said, you're going to silence me. You're not going to sit there and listen to what you're allowing my 11-year-old kid to study in class. You, you, you are so outraged at re- me reading this in a public forum, you're going to shut me down. But hmm. you will do absolutely nothing to pull this book out of my kid's second, third grade, fifth grade classroom. Wow. Um, I'm so glad in, in a way that parents are starting to fight back and raise awareness about this. But as you and I probably would uh, agree with a lot of people that are listening right now that it might be a little too late as far as any kind of substantive change. Uh, do you think that, Duke? It's the same thing with the public schools, Dave. I mean, where it, what, what inside power? Because change has got to come from within. Mm. Unless, moms and dads, unless you want to pull your kids out of public schools. Here, you want to fix public schools, you care about the public schools, then there's 60 million American public school kids. If 10 million moms pulled their kid out for a year, just for a year, the schools would have to reform. You, if you say you care about the public schools, and you say that they're the best hope for America, you and I are going to disagree. But if you believe that, then you should be willing to pull your kids out for one year and face that consequence to force the public schools to go back to teaching real subject matter. That might do it, mm. but we're not. But those moms and dads aren't going to do that. Right. Same thing with the, co- the college system. 
I mean, you know, most, to be very blunt with you, most American kids, most, do not need a college education. Mm -hmm. It's an expensive waste of time. They come away not only not superiorly educated, they don't know that much more, they are radicalized after that four or five year period, and they're also deeply in debt. 65%, if not more, of our American school kids don't need college. They'd be better off in internships or trades. I mean, my goodness, are you see what carpenters, do you see what carpenters are getting paid? Electricians, plumbers are getting paid? Yeah. It's staggering. <laughs> it, they get paid more than my, me and my stupid little professor salary. <laughs> so, uh, and, and how many particularly young boys would be much more happy working with their hands than being told for five years at, at the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars that their whiteness is the response is why there's any evil in the world. Wow. You made a great point, and I think we've got a whole bunch of truth bombs we can uh, share with our listeners throughout the week from you, Dr. Duke Pester Freedom Project. Hey, I gotta dot com. You, hey this, we were hot today, Dave. Yeah. You better get a minesweeper in that building because there were truth bombs that you haven't even found yet. Someone's going to trip over them. <laughs> Thanks, Sweet Dr. The, Duke. Sweep the studio. <laughs> All right, brother. God bless you. Continue to fight the good fight. We'll talk to you soon. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Wow, what an amazing podcast with Dr. Duke Pest. I hope you share this with people uh, especially those who have no idea what's going on in the university or the public school system. This is so important, friends. Uh, we're not going to be able to uh, change things, but we can protect our kids and teach them properly. And that's up to Christian parents. That's the responsibility on the parents. Um, let's go back to our schedule for next week. Dr. J.B. Hickson, he's coming up on Monday with Not By Works Ministries. Jay Siegert on Tuesday the Starting Point Project, Samuel Say on Critical Race Theory and Racism, uh, coming up Wednesday, Thursday, Pastor Jeff Sowald of Calvary Chapel, Madison, and on Friday, in studio, John Haller in town doing a speaking tour, and we'll talk about prophecy, Bible prophecy. Thank you guys so much. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>